welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Well, we, we made it another week, D-Law. Hey, Rhett and Ron, guess what episode this is? This is our 10th episode. A little milestone to episode 10. And we're still live. I haven't choked him out. And uh, I am a little nasally today, so I do apologize, but I wouldn't miss this for the world. So just uh, bear with me. And... I, I, I think that it was going around because uh, this week we have a special uh, interview. Uh, we were able to interview uh, uh, Tom Callahan from the Talking Puck uh, TV show uh, and podcast. And he sounded a little uh, nasally too. During yeah, I just, you know, but, I just want to say what what a great guy. Um, very knowledgeable. Like you, you can tell that he really, you know, takes a lot of time and puts a lot of passion and effort into the craft of understanding hockey and you know networking with the right people. And you know, it was such a pleasure to to sit down and, and pick his brain on so many different topics. You know, around the the sport of hockey. So it was definitely yeah. an excellent. You know, an excellent listen. And we're going to have a few uh, excerpts from his, the interview during the show. Um, but you, you can catch the uh, the interview in its entirety uh, on our social media links, which if you're listening to us right now, it'll, it should be up on Facebook, uh, uh, Pride Wings Podcast Facebook page. So go go follow us on there. And Twitter at Fred uh, Wings Pod. Now, D-Law, can you send a, um, you know, if somebody were to email us, could you send them a link to the show? Or the oh, de- definitely. I could do uh, that, so too. If you uh, want to reach out to us, it's PredWingsPodcast at gmail.com. PredWingsPodcast and, at gmail.com. Shoot us a, a, a love letter, hate letter. Um, and questions that we could answer on the show, too. Yep, always open to hear from our listeners so hopefully we'll we'll start growing that but let's yeah but uh here. yeah a little cold beer on a friday night yep it's friday night it and, oh before we get too far uh as i don't the listeners might not know um we are in our championship game and yeah, our fantasy hockey league. I, I haven't looked at it yet today, so I'm probably losing. I, I think I only had one or two players playing tonight. So. Now, I was in first place pretty much the whole season. I was, a and this player. guy was like in fourth, fifth. He actually finished fourth. And well, we're, we're, we're in the championship game this week, and of course, he's got to be winning. You. Red Ron is actually beating That's me. That's right. A little bit of Not, Ren, you know, I, I rattle the cages of my guys, and I and they go out there and perform for me. So, hello, yeah, man. We, uh, we'll see you next week, and we'll uh, announce who was crowned the Fantasy Hockey League 2022 champion. And actually, McKinnon's got 25 points for me tonight, so maybe yeah, I see that's hurting me. Well, not not enough because I'm losing by two two hundred yeah, points. Your projection is is there now. So, so the next segment I really don't want to get into. That is our 
Red Wings recaps. Um, you know, this is a broken record. I almost feel like how Dylan Larkin feels every single week coming on the show and having the exact same message for all of our listeners who follow, listen to the Red Wings. Um, you know, just stale hockey. And I shouldn't say all four games were stale, but they just came out and they were flat. So, you know, we'll, we'll start off with the Rangers. Um, you know, that was, to me, that's an embarrassing loss. They lost four to nothing. Uh, Lafreniere got his first career multi-point game. Like it, it was just an embarrassing, embarrassing loss. You know, looking at some of the stats and the shots that they were taking, 73% of their shots were now, within the slot. How many within games? Within the slot. How many games has Lafreniere played in his career? Probably not as many as uh, Bunting. Is this his first year? Uh, no, I think no. It's like his uh, okay. second or third year. And he's never had a multi-point game before. Well, I don't know. They leave it to the wings to uh, make that happen. It sounds like the Predators giving up these uh, fir- a lot of firsts. So <laughs> continue on with your rant. Yeah. So it was just, I mean, just pathetic. So leaving the slot wide open and, you know, nobody, nobody showed up to play that game. And, you know, you kind of feel it. That's the first game after Larkin announces he's not going to be back. Uh, He's having, you know, he had core muscle surgery. So he is out for the rest of the year. And, And quite honestly, I don't blame him, you know, giving the same stale message week after week, you're not winning any games. Why not take your body and get it mended so that you can be fully ready by next season? That's going to give them, you know, even a, a couple of weeks to rehab longer. You know, I, him playing in the lineup right now isn't going to change anything. So, you know, I hope that he, uh, you know, heals quickly, gets back out there, and uh, he's ready to, you know, continue on as, as captain. Because as we've talked about before, there's some disgruntled um, players uh, who haven't been named quite yet who just aren't having fun out there. So, yeah, that's that's got to change. But yeah, totally embarrassing loss. Uh, the the play was Detroit couldn't get the offensive pressure going at all. And I'm just looking at my notes here, and it it, it looked like they were honestly playing just to get out of the game. One of those like, hey, just do what you're gonna do, so I can you know go hit the shower and get back on the bus and go home. I, I just don't want to be here. I want to ride this season out and be done. But it was it as embarrassing as the next game because they lost like a lot more than four nothing. Yeah, and like I, I, I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to announce at least a, a Red Wings goal in this game, but they were they were just shut out. I mean, they they just didn't have any, you know, any chance. And having two, I mean, this is just mind boggling to me. You have two – so Grice tries to clear the puck down the ice, gets a delay, delay game penalty. Okay, it happens. The guys aren't playing in front of you. You're taking a million shots. You just want to get that puck the heck out of the zone, and he couldn't do it, so he did it himself. He just launched it and got a delay game penalty. Literally seconds, seconds later, Sam Gagne does the exact same thing and gets a delay a game penalty. It's like, it was like 20, 19 seconds. 
so they had a five on three, which didn't bode well. Uh, but yeah, just just a uh, embarrassing loss. You know that was just not not happy with that one. But yeah, let's move on to Florida. So we we go on a little bit of a Florida run here, um, and it was the same thing. But I mean, again, I I don't fault Detroit playing terrible against the Florida Panthers. I mean, they're the best team in the NHL right now. They're hotter than, I I mean, I don't even know what the hottest thing in the world is, but they're hotter than that. The sun. So, okay. They're hotter than the sun at this moment. I mean, they are just playing fantastic hockey and the things that they're doing out there, the plays that they're creating, watching Huberto play out there is just, it's fun to watch as a hockey fan, you know, as a, um, you know, I don't want to say as a Detroit fan playing against them, but it was just energizing the way that they could move the puck. I mean, it was just, you know, it was a complete domination. They were just toying with Detroit the entire game. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting into it a little bit, that's why I feel that Blashill's, I mean, I feel like Blashill's going to be gone. I know I've said that on multiple episodes, but I just feel that his time has come and gone. Um, you know, and he was dealt a tough hand. I'll give him that because he had a terrible team. He got a better team, but then he collapsed that team at the end. So to me, I, I mean, I'm not Steve Eiserman. I'm not in the hockey world. I, I play men's league with D-Law, so call me what I am. Um, but I do my research, and I, well, that you know, can't too well I what mean, playing, playing with you playing hockey with me that's not uh, well we have some good chemistry high. i'll i'll say that we're we're like uh you know we're like uh bergeron and, and marchand out there yeah maybe that's why i can't score all of a sudden could be but yeah i mean this game they just came out and first period i was actually impressed i will say i was impressed in the first period they came out of there with you know they had a little bit of a fight they came out of there with no goals either side and it was like, okay, you know what? We can maybe we'll hang. Maybe we'll look a little bit respectable in this game. Five minutes in, Anthony Duclair gets a goal. Six minutes in, Sam Reinhart gets a goal. 14 23 into the second period, Lundell. And then 14 51, Mammon. You had two goals within th- less than 30 seconds two goals in less than 30 seconds at the end of the third period or second period. That tells me that that team, I mean, they can't finish. They're a team that cannot finish out of a period and it shows, but they just implode. They don't just let a couple, they they are always playing from behind. The Red Wings are too young of a team to be playing from behind because these guys you know, they're, they're not used to that. They're, I mean, right now there's a losing culture. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. I think all you Red Wings fans just need to be patient because it's going to come around. It's going to be a long couple years. You know, I've said this before, don't expect the playoffs this year, next year, possibly even the year after let these guys develop. I mean, look at what Cider and Raymond and Verona and some of these young guys, Larkin, Bertuzzi, you know, we've got a lot to build on. We've got a bright future. We just need to get some key players. And one of them I would love to see, and, and you're going to cringe here, but Philip Forsberg, I would love to see him in a winged wheel because I think he would instantly change the dynamic of our team. I think we would instantly 
become more of an offensive powerhouse. And if the scouting reports are right, we've got some pretty big D men coming up out of, you know, all over uh, the world, essentially, that are supposed to come up and, you know, change the, the dynamic, almost like a cider. But finding a, a guy like cider is rare. So, but anyway, you know, getting back to it, um, Pui Suter finally nets a goal to take some of the embarrassment off. But, you know, obviously it's not enough. And they drop a 6-1 to one final at home against Florida. Completely embarrassed. Going on to the next game. I'm going to try well, to we, Before we move on, oh, we have right. a couple uh, of comments from Larkin. Yep. Well, we didn't respond. And, you know, they got two quick, three quick, and then we didn't respond. And we didn't get back at them. And it doesn't help when you give up a shorthanded goal and um, you get a chance to, to put one on the board. So we just... Uh, we had a good start and had played well, and then and then we, we just they just scored and we didn't respond. You know, it, we played a good team against Carolina on the road and we we played really well. Yeah, Ned Ned was was rock solid and um, you know I thought Gracer and, and Ned again tonight we were pretty good. So um, we have to find a way to score dirty goals. We have to find a way to, to get in front of the net, and we just didn't do that tonight. We had chances, but we we just didn't get them past that guy. We have to we have to challenge ourselves and. It, you know, I, I've said it a lot. Someone can't push you out the door like it's minor hockey and um, give you candy after the game. You, you have to take pride in this, and you have to take pride in wearing the wing wheel and, and and going out there and fighting for a job next year. And there's plenty of guys in our locker room that have to do that. Uh, I would say everyone, and you have to you have to find that yourself. And it, it doesn't just come. You have to find it. Yeah, and it's funny that he mentioned Carolina, uh, and he didn't even he, uh, didn't even say anything about the Rangers, which was the game just before that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree, and it was just, you know, like he said, you're, you're not coming here to play to get a popsicle and walk off the ice. You're not here to get candy and you know skip down the hallway and out the rink. Like this is your job. This is your job. Like, this is how you get paid. This is how you make your livelihood. You're extremely lucky to be in that position. There are millions of kids out there that dream about playing at the level that they're playing, making the money that they're making, doing what they love. So, yeah, they. I, I agree with Larkin a million percent that they have to play for some pride. They have to suck it up. They got to find a way to play you know, harder out there. They got to play for each other. And the lackluster, you know, shooting pucks – all over the ice and, you know, passes that are in skates and not crisp, like that's got to end. And to me, that's chemistry, which I, I know is, um, you know, I know that there's some issues with chemistry in Detroit right now, but I'm hoping that that changes here in the future and a new face behind the, the bench, you know, that, that would be nice. Um, yeah. Now, do you have Blashill's comments from that game? Yeah, it's a little shorter than Larkin's, but okay. here it is. Yeah, after the first two periods, uh, we had the chances basically even. You know, they they scored on theirs, and we didn't score on ours. And next thing you know, it's four nothing, and we gave up too many uh, easy chances um, uh, on 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 you know a couple mistakes. That the second you don't do it right against this team, uh, they're getting a chance. And you know, we had some 50-50 kind of pucks on the wall that we didn't reload back above, and so then it was a it was a bit of an outnumbered rush. 
Um, but as I said, you know, we, we had enough chances to, to keep ourselves in the game against this team. Um, you either have to be perfect or you have to score. And uh, we weren't perfect and we didn't score. Uh, so then you're down 4 nothing. Yeah, he, he's right too. Like, you know, this is a team, like I'd said before, they are fast, they are physical, they pass well, they play well. The chemistry is tremendous. And losing 50-50 pucks, not even battling for them, you know, pinching too deep, you're going to get caught on an odd man rush and that was all night long. So, yeah, it was it was that was another tough one. You know, it's just embarrassing. And being a Red Wings fan, it's embarrassing to see these things happen. You're going to see some pretty big changes, I'm guessing, in the in the Red Wings locker room. Not only with the coach, I, I'm going to get off of that soapbox, but you know, but there's they some did, players. Oh, go ahead. They they did respond uh, after these two losses, though. No, they they certainly did. They certainly did. They they came back out and played a great game in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, it actually surprised me a little bit. Um, they they came out. And, you know, Colton gets a, a, a goal just a few minutes into the second. You know, I was ecstatic, two-time Stanley Cup champions, uh, you know, in their barn. It's a tough place to play. So, you know, to have them come out of the first period sco- scoreless is a win in the Detroit book. Um, so now they're not playing from behind. But early on in the, in the second period, um, you know, Colton scores the first goal, but then Sunquist, Oscar Sunquist, answers with a nice goal. And and talking about getting those dirty goals, like Larkin had talked about, that was a dirty goal. That was on the you know a shot came off, the rebound was there, and he put away the rebound. Like you're going to get abused a little bit. Just ask the demolition man. He he knows, but you're going to get a you're going to get abused out there. This is the NHL. Like in in men's league, you know, I'm I'm a bigger short dude that's not very good at hockey, so I plant my body in front of the goalie and it's again, it's men's league, the lowest level of men's league and I'm getting whacked and chipped and cross-checked and punched and and it's beer league. So this is the NHL. You got to be in there. You got to get those dirty goals. Um and yeah, that's how somebody was at least somebody was listening to Larkin. Yeah, and I think Sunquist is a big-bodied forward. I, I like him out there. Um, you know, that's he, he brings – he's almost like a he's, – he's 6'3", 208 pounds. You know, he's he's a good skater. Um, I just wish he had a better finish. Like, he's a tough guy. Like, watching him play, he skates hard, he plays hard, he plays on edge, uh, and I, I kind of like him. I think with the right matchup – in the right line, I think I think he's going to build some pretty good chemistry out there. So I, I'm excited to see what he'll do. I'm, I'm, I'm saying we give him another shot in Detroit. I, I hope we keep him around and, and see what happens. But, yeah, so we, we come out of this game, or we come into this game, rather. You know, Oscar Sundquist gets the first goal. Verana just, I mean, the man just figures out how to score goals. It's it's incredible. He, he's a goal scorer. And if he were to be healthy the entire season, he's a, he's on a 50-goal pace, which I find to be incredible. A lot of people are like, Verana, who, who's Verana? Like, I've heard of him, but he's not an Austin Matthews. He's he's not a Connor McDavid. He's not a Sid Crosby. Amantha who? Amantha you know, who, exactly. I think that was a tremendous trade. I think we won that hands down. He's got his 14th goal of the season. Um 
you know, I just and, and that came from Jake Wallman, who's another guy that I think has stepped up. I think he bring a little more physicality. I think he's trying to jump up in the offense a little bit more because at this point, what do you have to lose? You need to lay it all on the ice. You need to put everything out there because like Larkin said, your job is not guaranteed next year. This team is not a team that's going to, you know, walk into the locker room and you're going to be good to go. Like that's not Detroit. That's Florida. That's Colorado. That's Minnesota. Those guys, it's not Vegas, but the teams I had mentioned prior to that are teams that are pretty secure with, with their guys. Like they are going to run the core. They'll have some few piece, you know, a few changes here, there pending contracts. And, um, but I mean, you have a team that's so powerful, like, like a Florida, you're not going to see them go anywhere, but their wings on the other hand, you have to play hard. And I think Jake Waldman's bringing that right now, the last few games. So I think that's really good. Um, but yeah, so you've got. And speaking of Verona, um, I, I, we have a comment. Uh, well, hang on, comment. we'll get we'll get that in one second. Okay. Um, but then you had Lucas Raymond answer right right back two minutes later, and put Detroit up, you know, three to one. So now Detroit is kind of tilted the tables here. They're playing fun hockey now. Now it's fun because now they're out there scoring goals. They've got a, you know, they've got the lead. It's getting a little chippy. You know, it's it's fun hockey. So now they're having fun, and they're playing much better since they're having fun. And I'm not saying you're out there to have fun. It is a job. You have to go out there and earn it. But these guys, they, they're, you know, again, when you're playing from behind five to one, who cares? Who cares? And I'm not like that. You know, I, I finish. I play till the last whistle. But I get it. I get these guys are burned out because they do it every single night. But this was a good win. Verona had two goals tonight, Matt the Who. But he came out, he had two goals, continuing his streak. He's playing great hockey for us and, you know, nets the game winner. So, you know, that's, um, you know, that's that's awesome. And I, I certainly love uh, that Verona's out there. You know, like that was his 12th goal of the season. Uh, 18th point he's just he's playing tremendously this year and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in the future in Detroit I think he's going to be a big building piece of that um but yeah moving into the last one so we can jump into yours I'm kind of hogging all the time here but <laughs> excuse me actually uh before we move into the next oh, one the we, yep. we got the wet chronic yep I would say it's just uh a good game for us we can take a lot of positive things out of it um I think we played great today, uh, deserve to win. And uh, I think it's, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of positive things we can take out of this game to, to moving forward here, trying to create offense here uh, as much as is possible uh, to give yourself and and give the team a uh, chance to win. And uh, first thing first, I mean, there's things we have to do um, to, to get to those chances and, and uh, uh, that's what we did tonight, and and we just put ourselves in a good position to win the game. There's always something to prove, you know. You're, we are not perfect, you know. There's there's things, you, there's windows where you can be better for sure. Um, we don't really care about the opponent or what they do or what they did. We focus on ourselves and and get ourselves better. Um, what we can do better out there to to give us a chance to win a game. Um, that was our mindset today, and that's our mindset every game, you know. Just go out there, get better, and, you know, make sure we, we give ourselves a chance to win the game. And then today we, we did a great job, and uh, um, we won. Yeah, and you can tell in his voice that he was 
a little more ecstatic. He was energized. I mean, the kid came off of a two two goal night in a in a huge game for Detroit for their confidence for their morale, and you know he's he's floating on cloud nine right now. So, yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, what do we got for Blashell this game? I'd love to yeah. hear what he has to say. Yeah, no, I thought uh, you know it was a really good performance. Uh, I thought we checked even in the first. We they 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 you know we defended too much. Uh, we had a couple breakdowns, obviously on the one on the big hit. Um, but we defended fairly well. Like we checked fairly well. We kept them fairly good to the outside. Uh, you know, then I thought in the second we started playing in their zone, and even in the third, I, I didn't think you know they scored right away, and I didn't think we melted at all. I thought we stayed right with it, and they certainly had some chances, but we had some chances, and uh, Thomas was good, and, and the sacrifice you saw at the end that was all outstanding. So, um, you know, I was real proud of the effort the guys put forth today. What well, was a big hit that he mentioned? Um. I mean, it wasn't like a huge hit because I know Cider had a reverse hit. So it might, I don't know if he's talking about that one. Um, Lidstrom was taken out in the corner. That was a game where he got exploded in the corner. That was, it was a great hit. It was a great hit. Clean, high, but not in the head it was not head contact so but yeah no it was, it was pat maroon came around the boards and just absolutely exploded um gus lidstrom so he kind of reminds me of a little ball of hate who's that he, he, maroon he, he kind of plays like that a little bit yeah he's he's a tough guy he's he's one of the tougher and, guys in the and league and he can score too yep i i certainly respect his game and i hope detroit can find a few players like that and I thought G was really putting it together at the end of the year, but I haven't seen him in the last several games. So my guess is he's probably faded off into another league somewhere, probably playing down in Grand Rapids right now. I haven't even followed. But, yeah, this was a big win for them, um, bouncing back, you know, taking that hit, and he stayed in the game, kept playing. Just, you know, it's it's a physical sport. But it was uh, – a. Um, you know, it's just it's nice to come out and have a win against a good team. But going into the last game that I have was Florida, another Florida game. And now I cringe every time I see Florida because Florida is just tremendous. They will be in the Stanley Cup this year. I don't see them not being in the Stanley Cup this year because they're just playing fantastic hockey. Like I said, Huberdo is just playing out of his mind right now. Um I think so, you saw Florida as much as we saw Ottawa in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the guy's got 30 goals this season, 83 assists, 113 points. Like, the kid's just playing fantastic hockey. And, and you know, you still have Sam Bennett there. Um, you know, you've got um, Alexander Barkov, who's got 38 goals, 48 assists, like, You've got some big, big guys on this team. Joe Thornton's there. Um, you know, you bring Claude Giroux in. He's got 20 goals and 39 assists this year. I mean, they're just they're, – they're a freaking scoring machine. They're just an unbelievable scoring machine. Um, but, yeah, Detroit drops this game. It's, it's, you know, again, just a – you're playing the best team in the league. You're not a playoff team, and these types of losses happen. They brought a little bit more effort this game, which was nice. Um but it, you know, and it was nice to see Sam Gagne. He's really stepped up in the the absence of Larkin. You know, he he's really taken a lot of. Uh, you know, you can see that he's kind of taken 
taking the guys under his wing. Like you see that in the pregame, the guys thought Mick and Ken talk about it. You know, I think he's really stepped up to the role and, and I'm glad that he was able to stay in and, you know, remain a Red Wing because they need that veteran presence. That's something they're really lacking right now, um, which is a good and a bad problem because they're not ready to make a run yet. So you don't want to bring Mark Stahl is a perfect example. That's the type of player we need who can compete, but he's a leader in the locker room. He's respected. People listen to him. He shows the guys the ropes. Like that is what the Red Wings need is guys like that right now before you go out and make a splash and try to get a, you know, Patrick Maroon or a, you know, cause guys aren't going to want to play in Detroit. They, they just don't. So, yeah. So this was a, a tough game. Achari scores, uh, Barkov scores, Marchman scores. Number two, Z nuts a goal. He needed that. He was kind of slumping a little bit for a while, but he, he needed that goal. Again, his motor just keeps going. Uh, but a couple of things that I, I, I want to point out in this game. I know this has been a, a reoccurring theme on this show is the refereeing. I was appalled at the refereeing in this game, to say the least. Mo Sider takes a headshot elbow from... You're so pathetic! Yep. Achari catches him right in the back of the skull, drops him. I mean, it was so blatant, the elbow to the back of the head, and nothing was even called. Nothing. There was no anything. I saw a tweet of that head, and yeah, I mean, he just looked like he he had his uh, chicken wing. I mean, he skated with his uh, elbow um, almost as high as his head. So you gotta, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he, he it's not like an accidental elbow. You know, he's you know he skated with his elbow up in the air. It's yeah, like, yeah, was, he's he going really after that, and he hit him right in that back of the head. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's intentional. I'd like I mean, to think be, that they it'd would be do bad. That eventually. It'd be bad enough if he was, you know, saw him coming, but he he didn't know he was there. He was coming from behind. And it's one thing to get hit. Like, Sider turned his back. He put his head down to play the puck. He deserved to get checked. You don't take your head down, and he's pretty good about not doing that. But he was vulnerable. He was going to get checked. But coming up high in the head... You know, I know we're not going to play the soundbite, but having that conversation with with Tom, and I, I love the point that he brings up. You know, suspensions scare players because they're not going to get paid if they're out so many games. When they start missing money and it affects their their paychecks, then they're going to start thinking about these these high hits. Because, you know, he he was absolutely right when he had said, you know what, these these guys are, yes, they're the the game is faster. The head hits are happening, but if the NHL truly wants to take out the head hits, you got to keep the enforcer out of the game because obviously bashing each other's skulls with your fist doesn't necessarily help um, head injuries. It'll help decrease the cheap shots because if you have to answer the bell, but if you were to f- suspend somebody for every single hit, and if you're a repeat offender, every single hit to the head, whether where the head is the direct point of contact, then that is um, then I would say 
that's going to start taking that out of the game. And I agree with Tom on that. He he brought up a good point. I've always been pro-enforcer, probably because I've loved the enforcer game. I grew up with the enforcer game and having guys, you know, answer the bell. And it was tough hockey. It was fun hockey. That was my favorite generation to watch. So that's probably why I'm pro-enforcer. But, yeah, as soon as you start taking money out of these guys' pockets, yeah, it's going to change a little bit. The game is going to change. But the thing that appalled me the most, and then I'm going to turn the mic over to you, D-Law, is Oscar Sundquist is coming down, and I don't even remember who it was against. Uh, Let me think. I think it was Lucas Carlson. I'm pretty sure it was Lucas Carlson. is coming in. He's got a straight line shot right to the net. And Oscar Sundquist comes over. And he two hands tries to get over top of his stick to prevent him from getting any any whip in his shot. And he hit the he hit the gloves of of Carlson. So it was a two minute penalty all day long. It was a slashing, no doubt about it. He was trying to stop them from taking a shot. You see it every single game when they try to put their stick over top of the other player's stick to screw up their shot. He he does this, but he catches him in the hands. Okay, so Sounds like what I did. Two-minute penalty. That's a two-minute penalty all day long. I will never argue that ever. You missed. You hit him in the hands. That's a slashing. You're gone for two minutes. Well, these referees. Well, I guess some things don't change because I did the same thing uh, last week, and I didn't get a penalty. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, you're also playing beer league hockey that nobody listening to us even knows anything about what you play for, what team you play for. But in the NHL, they're expected uh, to be held at a high level. Uh, of- I'm just, just, just saying, saying, you know, officials must be at every level or, you know, it's consistency like they, they miss, they, There's they no miss, consistency. They miss calls on every level. Yeah, <laughs> a- absolutely. But this wasn't a missed call. This was an overblown call. So that's the scenario. So Carlson's coming in to take a shot. Sunquist is behind the play trying to catch up, leans out as far as he can with both of his hands at the bottom of the stick, trying to slash down on the stick and misses and catches his hands. Wasn't malicious. Nobody was hurt. He gets a four minute and a game misconduct for it. Oh, he did get a penalty. Oh, I thought. Are you kidding okay. me? Are you kidding me? He gave him a four a minute for that and it, kicked him out of the game. It's not like he was swinging a stick. There was, no head, there was no head contact. It wasn't an uncontrolled stick. It was controlled, trying to block the shot, which he was going to get a slashing penalty on it no matter what. He had committed to the penalty, which is okay, and I'm okay with that because I would rather see them take a penalty than have an opportunity like that because um, Detroit's just not in a position to do that. But then on the caveat, it puts him on the a man down. But that play at the beginning – you know, prevented a shot. It prevented everything. But he gets a, a four minute in a game misconduct. Like that doesn't make sense because if you watch that game, you have an elbow to the back of the head. You have probably every shift that type of stick on stick action that doesn't even get called. So why are you calling a four minute penalty in a game misconduct? Like that was that was just Again, I could go on the soapbox, the refereeing and the officiating and all of them 
have just been terribly inconsistent. I know you're going to have your good games and you're going to have your bad games, but when when are the referees going to be held accountable? Because if they're not held accountable for their actions, then this is just going to continue, and it's going to ultimately hurt the game of hockey. So the NHL needs to get a wrap on this because, in my opinion, it started with Nashville last year where the referee was caught on a hot mic saying, hey, I'm just going to call a penalty to call a penalty because I haven't called one on Nashville all game. I'm going to call one. The only reason he got fired is because he was on a hot mic. So that makes you think if he wasn't on a hot mic, that's a penalty. Then how many people has he done it to in the past prior to that? How many referees behave in that manner? Because what are their consequences? I mean, granted, he was caught on a hot mic. He couldn't deny it. He didn't have to face any hearings. He was caught and he was let go. But all these other guys that are out there officiating, what are their consequences? Because that, to me, should be going to a hearing to somebody. Like, why? what What was your intention on this call? Like, we, we can't have this because we're trying to make the game of hockey exciting and fun. We're trying to grow the fan base any way we can. This is not the way to do it. You know, and that, and that could be for any team. If there's a bogus penalty against your team, I mean, granted, it didn't cost Detroit the game. But if it had, that's a different story that we talk about. But there are games that have been blown this year. Toronto has been screwed. Colorado has been screwed. Detroit has been screwed. Nashville Uh-oh. has been screwed. I mean, how many times does this have to happen? I mean, how many Twitter feeds do I have to see, you know, or tweets come across about, man, look at this call out of the Arizona game. I mean, it's it's nonstop. So when is the NHL going to stand up and say, if there's a, an outrageously blown call, we're going to fine you a couple thousand dollars, kind of like the players, or a thousand dollars. I mean, a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever it is, the equivalent of of the of the player. Find them, hold them accountable for making poor calls or poor non calls. The referees, they go through training. They're supposed to see these games it's at a high level. That's that's my rant. I'm getting off the soapbox. Wings drop a five to two loss. Couldn't get out of their way at the end. They just continued to you know, get penalties, go shorthanded. They're like one for 18 in, like literally, they're one for 18 in their their power play attempts. It's abysmal. I mean, why even, you might as well just skate a man down and just keep playing. Like, you, you're no different. They're they're just terrible on the power play. They're, they're done. But Bertuzzi nets another goal, um, which was nice. So you had Gagne with the first goal, Bertuzzi was with the second goal, and then, you know, in the beginning, it just imploded at the end of the second period, and that was it. They were playing from behind. It wasn't fun hockey, and they were done. So, and and if you wanted to uh, hear those comments uh, by Tom on those enforcers, uh, I couldn't get a word in edgewise earlier about ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, you can uh, listen to the interview in its entirety. That'll be uh, posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Yeah, I highly recommend the listen. And don't mind D-Law and myself. You know, we're, we're rookies at this. But Tom is a very seasoned veteran. He's play by, he, he did play-by-play for Nashville, has a great story. Definitely 100% worth the listen. Even if you tune us out, 
you know, we were both in awe that we were able to to pick his brain, but definitely and, take a look at it and listen. It's it's very informative. And he's also from this area too. So if you're listening in, in, around our area, then uh, you know that's. I think you said what Lackawanna, right yes. out of Buffalo. Yeah. Um, yep. So anyway, uh, well, I guess you can't hit. I guess you can't still can't hit the uh, betting apps because. Your predictions, you are one for three. And uh, you actually... Yeah, I felt um, good this time. I really felt that Detroit was going to turn things around. And- you, you had them flip-flopped. You had uh, a loss. Uh, actually, you had a loss against Tampa Bay, yeah. and they won. And you had them winning at Florida, which I was, remember, I was shocked that you would, you would say that last episode. I just felt it. Detroit has, you know, they they played some pretty good teams and they've come out victorious. I mean, they've beaten the San, the the, the not San Jose, well, the St. Louis Blues. They, I mean, they've but not Florida, the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> no, and I mean, the odds were in their favor. They've lost every game so far, so they were due to win one, but apparently not. But yeah, no, I'm just I'm not good at at gambling and betting. Well. I, I let Dan place the bets, and I'll just pay him money. Yeah, well, I I'm not doing too well anyway. But uh, so hey, do you even have anything left in your account, or did you? Are you? Yeah, because I haven't bet anything. Ah, uh, because you're you got you were becoming a degenerate there for a while. I uh, yeah, day, I was, like ooh man, I got to so, bet on this so, game. Hey, I get this. I kind of cool. I kind of cooled off for a minute because uh, you taste the blood. If you have a problem, there's that number. Yeah, one eight hundred get help gambling or something. Yeah, I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna email that to you personally. Yeah, I don't have a problem because I don't bet. <laughs> well, how did you win all that money a couple weeks ago? I got lucky. Doing what? <laughs> I bet on three oh, games, two, two games. You bet. You just said I, you don't bet. Well, not. I'm, oh, the hypocritical side of D laws. No, no, no. I just. Bet? How'd you I, win? I bet two teams. Yeah, Dallas and Colorado. Maybe yeah, I should just bet. maybe maybe I should just keep betting on them and not anybody else. Well, when you but, should have added Florida to the mix and um, yeah, well, they, when, they, any team yeah, that plays each trade, it's got to be so hard to predict the score because they're either losing by a goal, not two, a goal or eight goals. So yeah, it's got to be a tough one to predict. But I've I've robbed all the thunder. Let's let's hear how Nashville did. Uh, well, they had three games and it, well. I guess it wasn't too bad. Uh, the first one, they well, they were all they're all home games um, because they had that they had that five game home stretch. Uh, the first game I on uh, this week was uh, Chicago, and that was the the Preds are eleven zero and three against the Hawks. So that you know that's why I predicted them to win this game and. They pull off a 4-3 win. This is an exciting game back and forth. You know, Tolvin scores first, and then Patrick Kane. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go on. I, I'm not I, gonna, I uh, actually, you know what? I, 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 he's trying to I, He's better than the other Kane. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. I don't. <laughs> they both had their riffs, but I, I think he's played good hockey. And then, you know, Chicago took the lead, and then the Predators came back, and they eventually took a lead on Matt Duchesne's 39th goal. Uh, it was a power play goal, and then 
Then they, then Granlin went ahead, uh, gave them a two-goal lead, but then they actually had to hold off uh, Chicago as they, you know, Chicago always, there's no no, no die in the Chicago Blackhawks, no matter how bad they're losing. They always seem to be back in it at the end of the game, but the Preds held on to, to a 4-3 to three win. Now let me ask you a question about that game. So Chicago is a dumpster fire right now, and you've got, Nashville, who's pushing for a playoff spot, a wild card spot. Does that game, that back and forth game, does that alarm you at all? That that's what the result is of. And we kind of talked about this, but I want to I want to air it on the show for our fans. But do you think does that concern you going into the playoffs that they're going neck and neck with a dumpster fire? Well, I mean, it is a division game. It's a rival game. So, I mean, I guess you can kind of throw that out because, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what your records are in a divisional rivalry Yeah, you game got a point. That's every sport. It's always up. But, they, I mean, they had, you know, defensive breakdowns and they can't, you know, they, they can't do that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, like, that, that, that's the thing that alarms me, you know, they're – and it, and it happens every game. They, they go through the spurts of usually in the second and third period where the defense just breaks down for some reason. I don't know if it's mental or physical. You know, I, they got to figure that out. Yeah. Making this push here at the end. And then, then, then going into another huge game at the time, yeah, this one uh, against St. Louis, and it's just they just, another game they didn't show up. I mean, yeah, St. Louis is a really top team. That was really a Red Wings score there, uh, but they just they just got outclassed eight to three. I remember I did say they were going to lose this game, but I yep. never would never would have predicted they get blown out like that. Oh, of course. Um, but then they rebound again, and another game just like the San Jose game last week. This Cal- the Calgary game was a very exciting playoff feel to it. You know, you know, Calgary's a top team, and the Predators had to come back. Um, the they had to come back and uh, win it in a shootout, and the only one to score in the shootout was Mikhail Granlund. Um, but, but I'm going to say this about Nashville. Good teams find ways to win. You know, and I've I've heard that said a lot about Brady. I know this isn't football, but Brady in in New England, like they weren't blowing teams out. They just found ways to win, and that was a game that was huge because Calgary is playing good hockey right now, and Nashville found a way to win. Yes, you gave up a point to Calgary, but you walked away with the two points. So that was that was a huge victory for for Nashville. Yeah, and um, I think it was I believe it was the third period. Chanel got. I mean, I, I, I touched. You know, we just talked about the officiating, and they gave Chanel uh, a penalty on Tanev. Uh, what, 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 it's not Christopher, the Tanner that's on the Flames. I can't remember his first name. Uh, but he never even touched him. 
And Tanev just looked like he got shot out of a cannon. He just it's like right hit the floor, hit hit the ice. And I mean, it's like I I don't know what the ref was seeing other than Tanev hitting the ice because you should know they didn't even touch him and they gave him a penalty. So you know, it, it just I I don't want to go back on that officiating. We we just you know we were just talking about that. And it's Chris but, Tanev, by the way. Okay, Chris. Okay. Yep. Um. And but in this game, uh, Duchesne had played his 900th career game. Hats off, congratulations, sir! That's a huge accomplishment. So, uh, congrats to uh, Mr. Duchesne. Yeah, and they didn't want to stop cheering. Um, so yeah, and and I touched on that. Uh, I you know I was three and zero on these predictions. Um, so I, I guess I can start betting again. Where should I put my twenty bucks? I got twenty bucks burning a hole in my pocket. Where should um, I put it? In my wallet. Well, that's one spot for it. But if you can turn that into forty, I'll, <laughs> that, I'll give you ten bucks out uh, of it. Or maybe lunch. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. So, you know, like I said, uh, I thought they were going to beat Chicago. I said I thought they were going to lose to St. Game. Louis and then Calgary, but because um, that's the, that's a tough thing is when you get beat like that. And trust me, I see it as a Red Wings fan. I see it on the faces of the players pretty much weekly. But when you lose a game by such a margin like that, it takes a lot out of your sales. And to be able to come back and play another tough team in Calgary or against Calgary and come out with a victory after getting trounced on like that, you know, that's some good resilience. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really pulled that the Preds can, can click here on all cylinders and, and fire on all cylinders and, you know, squeak their way into a deep playoff run. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, um, I I don't have any sound bites from the Predators, which I I, I, I need to work on getting some. I, I've always, you know, I was getting the wings; they're they're, they're easily ex- uh, accessible. Um, so um, I'll have to work on getting some Predators reactions. Um, it seems kind of one sided as far as that, but. Uh, so that moves us into uh, the playoffs uh, picture. Uh, it's you know like we kept saying last week, uh, it's going to change every week, and <laughs> it's changed again. Um, but let's uh, let's start off with uh, Tom Callahan's. Yeah, uh, no, just for all of our listeners, this was one of the questions we had asked him: is you know being so profoundly, you know. He, he's div, he, he's jumped into the game of hockey from a young age, played. Um, I know we didn't get into his whole bio, but he's if got he, such a profound mind in how he thinks about the game of hockey. You know, it's more than just a sport. It's more than just a game. So this was an interesting question. We asked him, you know, with everything he's hearing, everything that he's seeing, being so close to, to so many organizations, what does he see the playoff picture looking like? And Dan, you want to play that soundbite? Uh, I'm terrible with predictions, 
Um, so I will I will kind of go off the board here with some stuff, and I'll I'll try to I'll try to pick a dark horse in each side. I love the East. I think the East is going to be the most entertaining playoffs we've seen in a long time. Um, depending on who ends up as the first round matchup, like Tampa Bay is sitting behind Toronto by eight points and just beat the absolute tar out of them. Uh, and of course, Toronto fans panic with every loss and plan the parade with every win, but um, that one's going to be something. If there is a dark horse team that's going to come out of all of this, though, I have been talking about the Penguins needing to break up their core for three years. They haven't in every year. They get into the playoffs and they do some damage and they're a really good team. I'm going to say watch out for the Penguins in the East. Uh, and that pains me because I keep waiting for the wheels to fall off and they just never seem to. In the West, um, if I'm going to pick a dark horse, um, and, and right now we don't know exactly who's going to finish where and how they're going to go. I mean, I've liked the Flames all season long. Colorado, here's the thing. Colorado needs to prove to me that they can win in the playoffs, and they just haven't yet. They also need to stay healthy, by the way. But St. Louis. St. Louis is that team. I like physical teams. I think defense and goaltending can win you some championships. St. Louis now has one goalie who's already won a Stanley Cup and a second goalie in Billy Husso, who's been the next big thing for a couple of years, and he's finally, finally uh, showing that he is capable. So I think St. Louis is the team I'm worried about in the West. Yeah, and it's just kind of funny. I agree with – you know, I was all over Minnesota, and I think if Minnesota and St. Louis – meet each other in the first round which they is, looking like they will i just they're battling for home eyes right now to they're me, that's the that's the series to watch i know toronto and tampa just got into a nice little you know line altercation but at the end of the day i think the wild and st louis is going to be a heck of a match because match up. I mean, because, they're in, they're 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 fighting right now for home ice. They're tied with 105 points. I mean, those uh, boys, they're they're big boys. I mean, both of those teams are big bodied players that are fast that can you know play offense, play defense. I mean, as much as I'm I'm not a fan of Dumba, like he, he likes to get in the rough stuff. He'll throw his body around. You know, you, you that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a physical series. The matchup that that is going to bring is going to be incredible. I'm I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, and uh, they uh, the Minnesota and St. Louis are tied. Actually, uh, Minnesota won tonight, so now they move ahead uh, by two points. They're uh, 100 and some points to 105. And now they got the same amount. Uh, they both played 78 games. And uh, I'll, I'll, you know, later I want to do my, re- my uh, previews. Uh, Minnesota is actually going to come up on that. Um, that's one of the games that Minnesota has left because um, the Preds. But, but yeah, Minnesota and St. Louis are already fighting it out right now for home ice. And, that's going to be that, fun to you know, that, I, And it's almost like a mini playoff series right now because – uh, I think home ice is going to be, you know, that, that's going to be the determining factor, I think, in that series. And then, because, um, you know, you got Colorado who's battling Florida right now for the President's Trophy. So that's pretty much all they're going for. I don't know if they're really going all out for it, you know, being a jinx. 
yeah, they're, they're not. Going, they're going for but, it. Um, they're, yeah, they're, but they're not letting off the bridge. Do, do, do they want the jinx? So, um, well, there's been a few teams that have shaken the jinx. So let. And then uh, I think they'll prove it again. Even though I still, I'm sticking with Minnesota out of the out of the West. I think that they're going to be the possible. I think they're going to play well. Well, it's, I, it's just too hot though. I mean, it's it's so hard. It's it's exciting. This is an exciting time of year in the sport of hockey because there are so many things moving, and like so many people say, there is nothing better than playoff hockey. And then and and right now it's almost another, like another playoff. Uh, 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 season right now, you know, bailing for for the jacking for positioning. Oh, of course, it's going to go on <clears> for <throat> the next week here. It's going to be incredible. But hockey. I, I think I said it last week, and I want to say it again uh, this week. Uh, yeah, don't count Calgary out. I mean, yeah, they lost. And they took they took the. I mean, the Preds actually had a two nothing lead in that game, and they came back and forced uh, you know a shootout. And, you know, it, it was just one, it was just one, you know, one, uh, just the one goal in the shootout, you know, Calgary could have easily won that, but, you know, they, they got 106 points and they're, you know, so they're, they're actually, you know, obviously not going to catch Colorado, but they're, if it comes down to Calgary, Minnesota, well, I'm just saying, if it comes, you know, they're, they're just a point behind Minnesota. So you know, if it comes down uh, later in the in the pl- later rounds of the playoffs, uh, Calgary if finish ahead of Minnesota. You know, they 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 have home ice. But then you got Edmonton, L.A. Uh, probably gonna finish uh, play each other second and third in the yeah, da- LA that division. Really do much um, for me. I I don't L.A. is too. I don't know how they got with ninety four points really. I mean that that Pacific Division must not have been very good, um, because they're I I think they're just too up and down. You never know what team's going to show up. So I think I think Edmonton's going to probably end up winning that series in five. But, but we'll, we'll we'll get more into that in our uh, our special episode coming up in a couple of weeks. And then of course you got the Preds in Dallas for the wild card. Uh, don't count Vegas out though. Um, Vegas, uh, they're, a, they're a dumpster they're, fire. They're, they're two points behind Dallas. Um, they're a dumpster they, they, fire. They, they came up with a huge comeback, come from behind win against Washington the other night. Um, so, you know, they're still fighting and clawing. Um, but, yeah, but, what they're trying to do, like, just so we can share it. Now, talking with Tom, he had mentioned how um, all the, the GMs have gotten together and – there's traction on making a rule change for that playoff hockey and, and the cap space. And they're progressing the talks into the summer. So it de- definitely sounds like you're going to see a change with that coming down the pipeline here sooner rather than later, because you just can't have this continue year after year after year where you're playing this chess match with salary caps and players. And it, it just becomes too much of a headache. So, and, uh, but uh, the Predators actually, uh, two more wins by the Predators, and they will actually clinch. Um, I it won't knock Vegas out though because of Dallas, but uh, so four 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 points and the Predators can clinch. Now, do need, uh, so that do moves they need help with that. Like, do they need teams to lose while they're winning um, to guarantee well, a clinch, or is it just I four mean, because I mean Vegas's max is ninety seven. 
So, you okay. know, if, if, you know, so, and they have more wins. Predators have more wins. So, um, you know, if Vegas even fails to get another point, you know, obviously if their max points falls to 96 and you know, Nashville only needs three points. So, but you just got to go out, you know, they got a couple of games coming up, but, you know, they just got to go out, win the next two games and, and clinch. So the last few games is nothing. So, uh, but that, that moves us over to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and like like Tom had said, you've got a lot of a lot of good games that you're going to see coming out of the East. I still, I'm still excited about the St. Louis and Minnesota if that happens. Um, but yeah, you've still got Florida right at the top of the Atlantic. They, they've got 118 points. Like they, they're just unstoppable right now. So they're, they're playing some great hockey. Next, you've got uh, Toronto who has 108 points. Um, you know, they, they, don't tend to typically do well in the playoffs. Hopefully that'll change for all you Toronto fans out there, but I just don't see them being a threat in the playoffs. I just, they, they're just not, I don't know. They haven't been able to put it together in years. So why do we have any Toronto fans on listening? Uh, possibly. <laughs> uh, maybe, but you know, then behind them, you've got Tampa Bay and it, you know, there's, there's talk that Tampa Bay and Toronto might meet. And after seeing how they played the other day, uh, that was physical. It was gritty. That was another playoff hockey game. A couple of fines handed out in that game. Maroon and and um, Simmons go at it. Maroon just laughs in his face the whole time and calls him soft while they're fighting. Um, just great. That was great hockey. It was entertaining. Uh, moving to the Metro Division, you've got Carolina up at the top with 108 points. They're six points ahead of Tampa Bay. Um, you know, I think they've kind of flown under the radar this year. They've been good. You've heard, you've heard about them, but you know, they're not Florida. They're not Tampa Bay. They're not Toronto, but they've got yeah. just as many points as Toronto. And they're but, in a battle of the Rangers for the division. So you know, they are, but... they are. The Rangers are also at, at 108 points. Um, they both have 78 games played so far. So, you know, Toronto's got one extra win up on them. So Carolina's won a few and few out, additional in overtime they've got eight overtime wins but yeah it's going to be an exciting exciting finish and then you've got pittsburgh coming in at at 99 points so i mean that division is pretty open i mean you've got boston and and washington who are absolutely fighting for jockeying position here in the wild card spot but then where it gets kind of disappointing is there's not too there's nobody nobody else below Washington even has a chance to get into the playoffs. I mean, the Islanders are the next closest with 80, but that's not going to get them anywhere. So that is your Eastern conference teams. You've got Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Boston, and Washington who will represent the Eastern conference in uh, the, the NHL Stanley cup playoffs. Uh, you know, again, like D law said, hop on to our live playoff show. We're going to break everything down. We'll, we'll, break down some statistics we'll talk about uh the teams we'll talk about the matchups and it's going to be a fun show so be sure to catch that and we'll uh we'll have all the finalized positions within the playoffs so definitely tune into that and, and I, I guess while i've got the mic and i want to uh just uh go uh, the, the the roll column 
Now, I know they just added that, I don't know, well, five, six years ago, was it? Right. Uh, the, 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 I don't know, maybe we can talk about that a little later with the, with the uh, I got a little uh, thing about the extra point overtime because that kind of deals with that. But okay. uh, because Carolina is actually on top because they're leading, they have more rows than the Rangers, even though the Rangers have more wins. So I mean, yeah, we 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 can discuss yeah, that. Yeah, we can dive and, into that you know, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, let's uh, you know, let's let's move into some news for the Red Wings here. Um, as I had mentioned earlier, Larkin out with the season, out for the season with a core muscle surgery. Um, not too much speculation on that. I know, you know, Tom divulged a little bit of information about how the teams are very dishonest about the injuries and. And I understand that because you don't want somebody like a Marshan go up and, you know, if he knows that somebody's left knee is busted up and they're still skating on it, that he's going to go out there and attack that left knee. But now, do you know? Did he have the surgery, or do you know? No, he did have the surgery. He did have the surgery. Um, To me, it almost sounded like hernia, but again, I don't have the knowledge. I'm not in the locker room. I'll just have to wait for more news to come out on that but he did miss the last couple of games he's out for the rest of the season so um my captain my liege he is gone for the season but that's okay let him heal up let him come back stronger next year because the red wings got some growing to do and we're going to do it next year i think you're going to see a uh, i think next year is going to be the biggest growth year for the red wings pending who's on the lineup but i like zadina I like where he's at. You know, I've been kind of a critic of Zadina, but watching him out there, he's one of maybe four players that is a hundred miles an hour. He's just, he's getting the opportunities. He just can't capitalize on it. So hopefully a new boss bench will help him to finish, be a goal scorer. Like he wants to be, he works his butt off and I want nothing, but you know, nothing, but for him to, uh, just just have a nice breakout season. And if he can do that, you know, then you've got Verona. And, I mean, you can have a couple of really, really good potential lines for Detroit next year if some of these players can grow and develop in the offseason. Um, but moving into some more somber and confusing and somewhat concerning news from Detroit, El Sabatka. As we all know him as the octopus swinging, Zamboni driving, ice maintenance man of the year, um, you know, scared Crosby by swinging a little bit of goo on the yeah, ice right. and caused them to have to swing it behind the glass. But anyway, maybe, so El- maybe it was. Uh, uh, I, I better keep it clean. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh-huh. so um, Sabatka, as we all know there had been some controversy on Al being let go from the Red Wings. Now, at first I was, I was confused. I didn't know because I had done a tour the the last, pretty much the last week that Joe was standing and Al was out kind of doing some stuff on the ice while we're taking this tour. And I asked the tour guide and I said, so how is Al? You know, I think, you know, I grew up watching him swing the octopus, getting the fans riled up like he is almost just as much of this team as anybody else. And they said, yeah, he's he absolutely is. However, he can be very difficult to work for. They didn't elaborate on that statement. Um, so it sounds like he's kind of a hard ass and he plays or he, he 
you know, mentors and, and manages his players, his ice crew with, you know, a little, maybe a little bit of a stern hand. So initially when I read the reports that he was fired, I thought there was going to be some kind of misconduct coming out amongst his ice crew. And there was, but it wasn't what I had expected. So after a Zamboni comes off the ice, they're full of ice, they're full of snow and they need to be emptied and cleaned. And so they pull the Zamboni at the little Caesars arena into a, a closed off area from all the public that's usually just a couple of guys because it's all it's an all guys ice crew that works in this area. And so you got a couple of guys in this small area and they're pulling the ice onto the drain that it melts and just goes away. So you don't have to worry about, you know, anything freezing or standing water. So this is happening. Well, all of a sudden. Mr. Sabatka unzips the old drawers pulls out his old and just starts whizzing in the grate. He's whizzing in the grate. So somebody had saw, you know, somebody was, you know, cleaning the ice and they, they looked over and they saw the old tallywhacker in his hand and just relieving himself in this drainage hole. Well, well I guess if you got to go, you got to Yeah, go. but it gets, you, you know, the, the, the story is, you know, it's it gets it takes kind of a, a weird turn, um, because Al comes back after everything breaks. He comes back and he's like, "You violated my rights. It was an unlawful to- lawsuit because I actually have benign prostatic hypertrophy." So, what that is is when you gotta go, you really, really gotta go. So yeah, he's he's sitting here, you know, relieving himself. How many times has he done it before? Maybe he's been caught two or three times, and this was just the nail in the coffin. But it's getting interesting in the Detroit office. I mean, I just feel like everything is imploding. The the ice is imploding. The locker room is imploding. And now you're having an implosion within the organization. You've got some riffles uh, going on with, with Al Sabatka. You know, will he come back? No. Would he want to come back? I'm not sure. Um but it's just an, a bizarre, bizarre scenario. What, what are your thoughts on it? They're, they're about as bad as Vegas and Arizona. Yeah, but they have, <laughs> their issues. But they have an arena and they <laughs> have Listen, cap space. Yeah. Oh, well, not, maybe not for long. Well, they, they lost a Zamboni driver. <laughs> yeah, well, Got any experience? They read it. No, but I kind of. Would like to drive a Zamboni. Well, go apply. <laughs> you could probably get some tickets. <laughs> yeah. Or if anyone that, out there is listening and they want to donate a couple of tickets to uh, a couple of schmucks like us, we'd love to do a live broadcast from the parking lot of either Bridgestone in Smashville or the Pizza Barn in Detroit. Um, it'd be fun. But anyway. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously it's in the bowels of the arena where there's nobody around other than probably workers and i mean see but here's the question is where's the nearest bathroom i don't know where's there the nearest should bathroom be. it's a brand new arena there should be some all over the place well that's what i mean like if there's a bathroom <laughs> 10 feet away like i get it you don't want to urinate yourself at a big event like that because with social now, media he would be laughed out of detroit he'd be done his his legacy could be gone so 
Does that drain go in the sewer, or does it? Where does that drain go? What does it matter? Who cares? Well, it goes it into the goes, it goes into the vending machine. It, it goes where it depends on it you makes, know, where it, makes, it eventually goes. It makes the, no, if it goes, the concession stands. Yeah, well then, yeah, fire the guy. I'm just kidding. They would never use <laughs> yeah, I saw my. I know, <laughs> but it's just bizarre. Like I have to ask. Like I would love to see where this took place because if there's a bathroom like ten feet, there's probably like, a video somewhere. I I, well, I don't want to see a video of this. <laughs> well, I'll let no. you watch it and you can censor it and send it to me. But. <laughs> Just run, run. I know you're older and you might like throw a hip or something, but just, you know, pick up the pace and jog yourself to the bathroom quick. Well, I guess it's better that he did that. Uh, even if he, one like, let's be honest, two. if he pisses on the floor <laughs> it, into the bathroom, like if he couldn't make it, but he's running to the bathroom, closes the door and just relieves himself while he's walking to the, to the, to the toilet, he can clean that up. It's embarrassing. Yes. But he can clean that up and and go about his day. Or where it depends. Yeah, but that, again, social media will blow him <laughs> apart because, oh, look at Al Sabatka wears diapers. Like, nobody wants to hear that. You know, that's probably more embarrassing than pissing in the sewer drain. I think we better move on because uh, we're, we're getting into the toilet here. Yeah, or, yeah, absolutely. Or, I, I want to get the show out of the toilet and not in the toilet. So, yeah, so I gave my update on the wings throughout the show. I think in the next couple of years, you're going to see Detroit pick up the pace. I think you're going to see some key lines form some chemistry, and they're going to start playing well together. I think, um, you know, Verana and Zadina, you know, put another check with them and see how they do. Um, you know, Raymond, obviously. Bert. Bert I, Bert's a good one. I, he's coming up. I'm wondering what he's going to do. What I mean, if he's if Detroit's getting the feeling that he's antsy, they're going to deal him before he becomes a UFA. He's going to be dealt. So that's going to shake up the lines a little bit. And Detroit might be able to get a couple more draft picks. And and essentially, that's what they need, because you're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to win a Stanley Cup with Tyler Bertuzzi. I could be completely wrong. Now, if he goes to another team, like if he were to go to like a Florida. Yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi is going to win a Stanley Cup. He's not going to win that in in Detroit. So it's almost like Barry Sanders of hockey. Same with Larkin. So, but they've got to add, they've got to continue adding depth. They need to get a big free agent signing, Philip Forsberg, and they need to, you know, really grow that chemistry as a youthful team under a new watchful eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, and I believe. I believe we have a soundbite. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we have a soundbite of Tom giving us his thoughts on the Red Wings and where they're going to be in the next couple years. Let's let's start here. The Red Wings were not making the playoffs this year. And the no. fact that they were even mid-pack in the division or in the conference for a while, which they were, was ahead of schedule. Um I don't have strong opinions on keeping or letting go of Jeff Blashill. I think that um, you have to, in this is Steve Eiserman's case, go with the guy that you feel comfortable with keeping, who sees eye to eye with your vision, who aligns with you with your messaging. And if Eiserman says, I want A, B, and C, and Blashill goes, me too, uh, it's a lot easier to keep that guy around. 
Uh, or maybe you have somebody who challenges you a little bit and, and you know, you have a good rapport with. I, I don't know what Iserman wants out of his coach, but um, I'm not in a hurry to run him out of town on a rail. And you know what? Detroit fans are spoiled. I'll say it. I'm spoiled. Um, I am extremely yeah, yeah, spoiled. There was a lot of success for a long, long time and rebuilding hurts. Yep. Yep. No I'm one likes it. No one likes to lose. Pain. Yeah, no one likes to lose. And so, think, yeah, you're going to be upset, but you're ahead of schedule, and you've got yeah. some good young players. You're drafting well. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, and that is that is true. I mean, Detroit is drafting well, and that's why sending a guy like Burt off might not be such a bad idea because Steve Eiserman knows how to draft. He's got guys behind him that support him and really help him find those diamonds in the rough at seven and at 10 and at five, you know, so early, but late in the draft, he finds the diamonds in the rough. I mean, I, I just, I'm okay with that happening. And I agree with Tom. We are spoiled as Red Wings fans. We had four cups in a short span more than most teams. I mean, some teams don't even see one. So yeah, I, I agree with that, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the. So uh, the Preds are going to play in the Global Series next year, along with San Jose, Colorado, and the Blue Jackets. Um, I think it's in Sweden. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's in Sweden. No, I haven't read um, yet. Can you elaborate? Are they going to be using European ice or American ice? No, it's in Sweden, so I would. Oh, you're talking about the the size the rink. of the rink. Uh, well, it's it's in, it's going to be in Sweden, so I believe. Uh, uh, where was? Oh, it was in Finland last year, right? I believe it was. Or one over the last one. It might have. It might have been like. It might have been before the pandemic. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay much um, attention to it. But to I believe they used their rink, which is European style. And that changes the game tremendously. But, but you know, there is a lot, you know, well, the Predators, you know, they have a lot of uh, Swedish players. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be good for them. I think, I actually, I think San Jose and Colorado have some too. I'll have to get some uh, uh, numbers on how many uh, Swedish players You ever hear Lucas Raymond? Have. Well, he's on Detroit. So he's not in the Global Series. Yeah, I know. He's Swedish though. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, so I, I just think it'll be a neat opportunity for them, you know, playing in their home, you know, along with their family and friends. You know, they played there, and and uh, I, you know, I, I kind of got mixed feelings as far as the Preds. Um, I probably won't be watching it, you know, because who knows what time it's going to be? It probably, be, you know, with the time change, it'll probably be in the middle of the morning. Or middle of the night, um, but it just—I don't know. Uh, It—it it just doesn't seem interesting um, to me. I mean, it's—it's a, it's a great opportunity for the players. I'm sure they love it and everything. But and then 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 you gotta, um, you know, like like I touched on it with the time basis. Then you know you gotta go over there like probably at least five six days to get accustomed to the, to the time and then. And when you come back, you know what? How's that gonna? How's that gonna affect uh, the regular the, re- the schedule? Um, 
I, it's probably going to be what, October, November, probably going to be early. Or is it preseason? I'm not sure exactly when. I, I'm i not sure about that either. I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. But um, as far as uh, uh, the future, um, I, I, uh, I had Tom Callahan uh, discussed uh, his uh, – his uh, views of what the Predators' future is going to be like. So uh, I'll just let him uh, let him go with this. Uh, I think that Nashville is coming up to a crossroads. This is the year they finally are getting production out of guys they've wanted production out of for years. Um and they made these deals to bring in the Ryan Johansons and Matt Duchesne's of the world several seasons ago with the expectation that, you know, like Duchesne never quite caught on. He was close in Colorado, but, eh, and then, you know, Columbus, eh, you know, Johansson, eh, almost, these guys were almost the players that you thought they were going to be. Um, and you give up a big asset, you know, you give up a Seth Jones um, to, to make that deal. And, now to see, it's great to see Duchesne having a good year. Philip Forsberg, who I thought was always probably one of the biggest steals of David Poyle's general managerial career, um, you know, traded for Marty Erat. And it just, you know, Forsberg's been good, but this year he's finding it. And the Predators as a whole are finding it. And the success of UC Soros coming in as the successor to, you know, the Pekka Rene, who was able to get him to the final, but not quite win the cup this year. The predators are getting those performances out of those guys that they've been waiting for, for several seasons and UC Saros able to come in as the successor to Pecorine has been big and he's played well and he's showing he's capable. Roman Yossi is awesome. Should be, if he's not winning the Norris this year, he's definitely second. Um, it just, you know, they have a good core that is finally performing. The thing is, now it's going to get expensive. So the the pressure on Nashville, and specifically on the front office, the scouts, is to draft well, but also right now to sign contracts that make sense. And that the, the Nashville's cap problem is not necessarily this summer, but it's coming in year two, year three, year four. Yeah, so I mean, thank God they don't have a cap issue like Vegas, so they can, you know, sign Forsberg and and a couple others that are coming up on their their uh, contract years within the next couple of years. Um, and, but they're they're gonna have to look deep at some of these other players. Um, you know, Matt Duchesne's finally coming in. He's got his four. He's, he's actually the first Predator in, in franchise history to get 40 goals in a season. Um, so, you know, possibly have a couple more years and then maybe get rid of him after, you know, a couple of years because he's, he's, he'll be getting up there at age. Um, but, you know, then you, you're going to have to start thinking about you know who to get rid of if you sign these big contracts to Forsberg and Johansson you know Duchesne's already got that big contract 
Yeah, that was a thought that I had. I mean, Philip Forsberg, that is a key re-signing. And like Tom elaborated, I know it wasn't in the clip. Again, you can hear it on our all of our social media pages. Um, but he had talked about how Forsberg wants to be there. He doesn't think Forsberg wants to leave. He doesn't see Forsberg leaving Nashville. He's finally hitting his stride there. The team is finally hitting their stride. And they're going to be good for a couple of years still. So working out a deal, I, I think, you know, is going to be important. Is he going to chase money or is he going to chase a cup? You know, and that's kind of the question that we'll have answered at the end of the season. And uh, that, so that, that pretty much wraps up the Predators' end of the story. So uh, let's uh, move on into NHL news. Uh, I know we keep harping on the Wild, but they – lead the NHL with eight multi-goal comebacks. Uh, they just had a couple of those last, uh, this past week. They have 20 total comebacks and seven third period comebacks. So, I mean, and, and that's something to look for, you know, look to in the playoffs, you know, against the Blues. I mean, I know the Blues are a very good team, but, you know, that 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 makes the playoff series even more interesting because of because of the Wilds' comeback uh, capabilities. Uh, so you know, and then um, you got any more any thoughts to add to that? Yeah, yeah, and you know when you say I just want to clarify for the listeners when you say multi goal comebacks that's like a four to two uh, that's or like, like a uh, five to one I, and they come back and win it six to five. I believe it's at least two goals. Yeah, so it's it's they're they're coming from behind by a larger margin than just a goal. Like it's not a two to one game and they win it three to two. It's they've come back from like eight a three times to one. from like a three to one, four to two, four to one. Um, and and, and just, I believe so that, most of them are like three or four goals. See, they've got twenty on the season. I mean, that is what is going to make an exciting playoff series because if St. Louis comes out hard and strong and they take an early lead you just can't count out Minnesota like the wild are, are coming for you so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a fun series to watch if they can collide in the beginning because St. Louis will jump up on front and then you know the wild will finish it on the back end so yeah that's that's incredible um, I do want to add you know something it's you know I want to add something here. You know, one of our greatest hockey minds, because um, this is going to segue into the next thing, but one of the greatest hockey players to ever play the game, an ambassador for the sport, um, passed away, uh, when was it, yesterday? Yeah, uh, today. Yeah, uh, actually, it today? yes, fr- it was Friday. Yes, Friday. Friday. Okay, so yes, or today. Um, Guy Lafleur has passed away, and... You know, again, one of the, you know, he's had, I don't even know how many Stanley Cups. Um, I think five. I think he had five Stanley Cups with Montreal. Um, So, you know, rest in peace, Um, Mr. LaFleur. We thank you for everything you've done for the sport to help grow it, to help, you know, to just help it become what it is today. You know, that's a name that, that people just recognize everywhere they go. Um, good old Guy Lafleur, number 10 for so, Montreal Habs. 
And, uh, you know, that's two within the last week that we yes. lost. Um, and the Islanders uh, had an emotional tribute for Mike Bossy, who we, ta- who we talked about last week. Uh, yep, and we'll see earlier, another. Earlier this week. And we'll see and, another one for Montreal's Guy Lafleur, I'm sure. And how about uh, Fleury? Um, I, you know, I thought he was you know, about ready to call it quits, but apparently he feels good. Sounds like a Tom Brady. He wants to play one more season. Yeah, I, I am totally for it. I like Flurry. Um, I still make fun of him for trying to run out of the tunnel at the Joe and falling face first. So you're the first player to come on the ice for your team, and you take a face plant. So I, however, think that he will make one more season. I don't think his no. role is going to be as as prevalent maybe it will maybe he's going to come in and surprise everybody maybe he's got five more years for all we know but and that really adds to a lot of questions for the wild because if they you know they're probably thinking that he's just going to be there like a rental for the for the season but now they got to think about oh if he wants to play another season uh do we sign him right he he was a rental he's a free agent right yeah he was a rental so yeah for this season, because you're making a run at the cup, and why not get a guy that's won cups? You know, and then you got Talbot. You know, I mean, maybe maybe he'll want to stay, but I don't think Talbot would want. You know, and he's he's clearly number one, and he's actually playing like it right now. Um, so you know, yeah, it's d- tough. D- I mean, does that's he a want good problem to have? Does he want to share it? Because I mean, obviously, you know, are they going to be? L 50-50 share, or, you know, how, how is that going to work? You want my honest opinion on this? I think you're going to see Marc-Andre Fleury find his way back to Pittsburgh for his last season. I think you'll well, see him. They I got don't want to say pull a Hosa, but I think you'll see him come back and probably not play as much, but I think you'll see him in a Penns jersey. I mean, that's his well, beloved city. That's his team. Those are his guys. A lot of them are still there from when he left. Like, that's that's his home. So they got I, a couple of good uh, young goalies already now, and you know but they can I, still develop. They can, you know. I know you want to see him in the NHL, but but they're 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 right there, ready, you know, to take on the next roles to be you know starters, and you know they're actually starting. Um, Jari, but I think Jari's actually injured right now, isn't he? Um, but, yeah, I believe he is. But you know, he's a, he's a clear cut starter, and I don't, you know, it comes down to Talbot. Do, you know, does he want to share the net? I mean, he he, he played with him before, but he was uh, in a backup role. Well, what's your prediction? So I mean, where, it might be the reverse it? reverse. Um, you, you I wouldn't be surprised to see him back to Vegas. I know there was some bad blood there because well I think he 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 wasn't a, uh, a salary cap uh, 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 casualty. No, but if he's I, I thought that in, it's going to drive their their. I mean, they're going to have to drop how many players to sign him. Well, they're going to have to drop players now anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't see him coming. I don't think he'll take a pay cut as drastic as they'll need him to take. I wonder if he'll go back to Vegas. Chicago. Well, no, Chicago. that was a train wreck. He had publicly come out and pretty much said that was a train wreck. Uh, maybe Buffalo. Yeah, I don't see that. I I see Pittsburgh. That's just that's just where I see him. 
that's just me. I could be way off. That's just a personal thought that I had. No sources, no nothing. Just, you know, having read things about him loving Pittsburgh. And when he went to Minnesota, you know, there was some talk of him being, you know, traded to Pittsburgh. There was actually talked about quite frequently um, on Twitter and Facebook and different journals and articles that I've read. So who knows? I mean, who knows? There's a lot that could happen in the offseason, but I think it's good for him. Good for him. I, I like I like him. He's a fan guy. He's a fan favorite. You know, just a quick story. Uh, so I took my kid to the Joe before it had been demolished and all the history gone. And the wings are kind of coming in slowly, but they don't take the bus because it's their home arena. So we didn't get to see any of the wings that day. But we got there early enough, and we were kind of walking around, and all of a sudden we see the Penguins bus pull in. So Pittsburgh pulls in, and first thing, and I'm not going to get off on this tangent. I'm just going to make this for mention. One of the only players that was not on that bus was Sidney Crosby, the captain. And that kind of threw me off a little bit because usually you want your captain to lead your team, but that wasn't the case. And Usher told me that he takes an SUV to the stadium. How true that is, I don't know. I'm taking the word of a stranger that – works there but could just be trying to start a storyline but anyway so you've got a, a line full of red wings fans and pittsburgh fans just cheering and hey you know crosby or uh, malkin come here hey you know flurry flower come here and he comes over there were a couple of guys that came over kessel was still there he came over but he's laughing. He was signing pretty much anything you put in front of him. He was there for a good probably 15, 20 minutes. And now I know our listeners know that goalies go through a lot of mental prep at that level to prepare for their games. They've got routines. They've got times. They've got everything broken down to pretty much the second as they're warming up for the game. Um, and I know that because my son was a goalie, and he was doing it just like all of his other um, buddies that he played with throughout the years. I mean, it's a routine. You see it. Um, so anyway, but he stayed there, and he was the last guy signing autographs. So he stayed. He was signing autographs for both Red Wings fans, Pittsburgh fans, and it was just – he was smiling. Like, I like Flurry as a person from what I know. So, yeah, I just – I like him. So I, I hope I hope he lands somewhere that he wants to land and finishes his decorated career with a team that he wants to finish with. Oh, um, so do we have a rookie watch update or do that pretty much the same? You no, know, as... I think I think this. I mean, it's kind of close. Um, I think Bunting is still leading in goals. Well, he's irrelevant. But I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you my prediction. Tanner Janot is leading uh, 24 goals. Uh, Bunting has 23 goals. Raymond has 23 goals. Uh, Bunting has 63 points. Zegras 57. Raymond 56. And Sider has 42 assists. Bunting has 40 assists. So that's that's the NHL rookie update. And I just want to elaborate one second. I'm going to be well, quick. I know we're rushing along here, but. I my my guess for the Calder is coming down to Mo Sider and Tanner Janot. Those are the only two that are well-rounded players. Mo's got more assists. Janot has more goals. They both bring a level of physicality. Janot's high energy. 
Siders calm and relax and poised. Those two are going to be battling out for the Calder, the Calder um, Trophy this year. Something interesting now: uh, the Kraken have a new minority owner. Uh, he's uh, got some time with in Seattle. He was he actually played for the Seahawks uh, and the Bills. Um, Marshad Lynch. And he decided to take celebrate uh, the ownership by taking the Zamboni out on the ice. Uh, unfortunately, you know we don't have video capabilities, but I saw a Twitter video of him, and he was laughing and having a great time let's doing 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 donuts. Yeah, let's get the link available for our listeners. I actually, I believe I shared it to the. Twitter uh, Preds uh, Pod uh, Twitter account. So if you go on at Predwings Pod on Twitter, you should be able to see that uh, tweet. And you know what's funny about that? Do you know his history about driving um, vehicles around an athletic facility? Do you ever remember when he was in college and he ran over all the band members in the golf cart? He was no, no, I don't remember. Oh yeah, mowed him right down. You, we should find that video and add that as well, because that's just kind of his thing. Like that's his calling card. Is he is one hundred percent on jumping in a vehicle and doing donuts and just going nuts with the thing. At least he didn't hit anybody or damage anything. So I guess, I guess that's a plus. Now, you did miss something though. They do have a second minority owner. That was also brought in with Marshawn Lynch. Oh, uh, Macklemore. Yep. So they've got Macklemore and Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I don't have any sound bites from or uh, um, uh, Macklemore um, uh, music to play right now. So we'll we'll just have to wait. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know um, much about him. Yeah, he's just. I believe he's a rap artist. Um, I think uh, can't. Hold, can't something. I can't remember that song. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, um, that, that that's kind of interesting. That that might actually be good for the Kraken. You know, you know, they 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 got some uh, uh, they got some spunk, if you will. Um, so um, I the NHL dot com writers came out with a list of underrated players. Um, they, in th- this is not in any order, uh, they just put this in alphabetical order. They show, their their underrated players are Rasmus Anderson from Calgary, Kyle Connor from Winnipeg, Anthony Duclair from the Panthers, who actually is uh, one of my uh, picks for underrated players, uh, Darcy Kemper of the Avalanche, Elias Lindholm, again, of the Flames. Josh Norris, who um, I think the Wings uh, know all about him with the Senators. Uh, Sam Reinhart, former Sabre, a Panther. Uh, Jason Robertson from the Stars. Preds and fans know all about him. Uh, Jacob Slavin of the Hurricanes. And Robert Thomas of the Blues. So um, do you have any... uh, any picks for underrated players that maybe aren't on that list? 
I know uh, another one that I, I you know I agree with the writers as far as Anthony Duclair because I liked him even back when he was with the Rangers, I believe it was. Yeah. But another one of mine is uh, I know I might be a homer, but Colton Sissons of the Predators. But let's let's hear yours. Yeah, I, I um, now did you mention Elias Lindholm? He was on that list. Yes. Yeah, I I like Elias Lindholm. Um, you know, I think he plays a great game. He's got, you know, Johnny Goudreau out there with him. You know, he, he's got, I think he, he's got 30, he's tied for 12th in goals in the league. But you don't ever hardly hear his name. He's got 39 goals, 39 assists, 78 points. And, you know, he just kind of floats under the radar. But at, when he's on the ice, if you watch him, you know, he, he makes plays. He plays well. He plays the game uh, the way it's supposed to be played. And I like him a lot. He's he's probably my guy. And I, you know, not to keep saying I'd love to see this guy in Detroit, but he's a guy that I would like to see in Detroit. I, I think he's on the upper age. He's 27 years old. And I think he could bring a little bit of veteran presence as well as, you know, some scoring that the Wings much most definitely desperately need. So I, I'm going with Elias Lindholm. Okay, yeah, interesting. It may um, be on Detroit. I don't see anybody on Detroit. Yeah. I mean, Verona, I think. Oh. Well, Verona is underrated. I mean, let's be real. Verona is underrated. He's on a 50-point or 50-goal pace right now. Granted, it's ifs and buts. We're candy and nuts. We'd all have a heck of a time or something like that. So you can't really go on what he's done for you this year. I think as a wing, he's done a phenomenal job. But I also think that um, he's not getting the recognition that he, he truly deserves. So it, I'll be – I want to have this conversation again next year midseason to see if he plays a full year and see how it goes. But for now, I'll stick with Lindholm. Yeah. And uh, there is some interesting news, uh, actually some good news for uh, the women's hockey is you know you know that's that the girls hockey is growing it leaves a bounds uh the pro there's uh talk of a new pro hockey league i believe eight teams was it eight so eight or ten teams i saw in the article um five game season or something like that um well i actually have uh we got some uh tom callahan's uh take on uh, the this uh, the women's hockey. So I'm gonna yeah, play that right it. now, and then we'll move into our good news segment after that. I wish more people would would pay attention to it. Honestly, um, it it's good hockey, and I like women's sports in a lot of ways uh, because sometimes with men's sports, uh, it comes down to a lot of just you know, physical on physical, and sometimes the stronger player or team is just going to win regardless of skill level. And of course, that varies sport to sport. But, um, you know, I think women's sports is, it is every bit as competitive, first of all. Second of all, um, there's a lot more of the pure game in it, of the technical elements. And, uh, you know, and they're feisty, man, do they compete. And it's fun to watch. Uh, I really enjoy, you know, the, the women's hockey. I try to follow, I, I follow the Buffalo Buttes as much as I can. And plus, honestly, I love it because, you know, as I said earlier, I've got a young niece. I think that's a great role model for her. 
to see women professional athletes. And I, I just really hope the league kind of finds an audience. People who don't watch it because they say it's not the NHL. Well, of course it's not the NHL. It's never going to be the NHL. That's not the point. Uh, it, 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 I think people really need to watch and see the quality of the hockey that's being played in, in that league and, and really decide for themselves. But uh, I, I really like it, and I really do hope it grows. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, I, I think that's great, great opportunity uh, for for them. Yeah, having um, two young daughters like his niece, and you know, it's and like he mentioned yesterday, it's it's a great opportunity to grow collegiately, because now you're going to have more women trying to get into hockey because there's going to be scholarships available. From those scholarships, there's a pro league that they can get into and you know try to make some money you know, playing a sport that they absolutely love. And, and I read the base salary is like 35. And That's mo- the mean, but, but the average, the average, but, but the average, the average salary for them are, are going to be over 50, 50, some 15, 60,000. So and that's a good paycheck. So that, that, that's, a, like yeah, that's, a, that's pretty good. Um, but uh, so it's time to get into the good news segment. Good news, good news, good news. I thought I wanted. And I know we've been on the referees a lot, officiating, and you know it just you know, even earlier to this episode we were on the refs. But uh, I want to give a little shout out to I don't remember who that was. It was the Detroit Red Wings game. The linesman gave went over to the glass and flipped the puck over the glass to a little girl. And no, he didn't hit her like the other. Uh, um, uh, who was it? The other game uh, last week. Suzuki. Uh, yeah, Suzuki knocked him, hit the kid in the mouth. No, the ref, the linesman didn't didn't uh, didn't do that. He just flipped the puck over and uh, gave it. Made sure the girl got the puck. So just want to give a shout out. And that was on Easter Sunday, uh, at, at the at the LCA, at the pizza barn. So. Just want to give a shout out to linesmen. I know we've been on them, for, you know, the last few weeks. So yeah, it's definitely a feel good. And uh, that that uh, leads us right into some upcoming games. Uh, who who do the Wings have? Uh, I've got three for this week. We are at home. Final home game is against Pittsburgh. Um, like Tom had mentioned, they're really finding their groove here lately. And um, I think that's going to be a loss. I don't think Detroit's going to go out and beat them. I'd love to say it's a win, but every time I say it's a win, they still lose. And then I look like a fool. So honestly, I'm, I'm going to pick with my brain. Pittsburgh's going to Pittsburgh. They have their, their Detroit's number. So then they've got the devils. I think they can win against the devils. I think they can win that game. And I'm going to go with a win there. And then I'm going to go with a very tight game in Toronto, and I think they could possibly win that game, but I'm going to go with a loss. I think Detroit's going to lose it in a close contest, um, but I think it's going to be a well-fought contest. So Okay, so the Wings have the uh, home against the Penguins, and you're going to call that a win? No, a loss. I said a loss. loss? Yeah. Okay. And Devils then they're, win, Toronto loss. And then they're at the Devils? Yep, I'm going to say a win there. And that's a win, and then they're at... Uh, they're home, and then the next no, after at Toronto, at Toronto. Yep. 
And that's going to be a loss. Yep. So they only got three games. Yep, that's all we got. Oh, boy. Well, the Preds. <laughs> they got games this week. Yeah, that feels like it. They got a busy week. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, they're at Tampa Bay. Um, that that's gonna be a tough game, but I think uh, I think the Predators are gonna uh, come out with a W on that one. I would agree with that. And then, and then they return home to play Minnesota. I'm gonna. I mean, I know Minnesota's in a battle with St. Louis, and they're a top team, but the Predators have seemed to have the Minnesota Wilds number this year. So I'm gonna go with a W. And then they got Calgary again at home. And actually, I never, I didn't mention earlier, the the game that they just played Calgary was actually a makeup game. Um, but uh, they returned home to play Calgary. I'm gonna call that a loss. I know I said they're gonna win, um, but you know Calgary's gonna be hungry after that shootout loss. And then they hit the road for the last two games of the season at Colorado. That's obviously going to be a loss. And then at Arizona, which is actually technically will be the final NHL game of the season because it starts at 10.30 Eastern time, and it's the last game. It'll be the last game that started in the NHL. So it'll be the last game going on. So technically, it's the last game of the NHL. So just just an interesting, useless point, um, useless tidbit. Um, so as we are going to be recording next week, obviously this game will not be final. So I will not be recapping this game, obviously, since I will not know the outcome when we record. But I'm going to just go with a win just because Arizona's a dumpster fire yeah i would hope so i'd hope they um, finish with the but it might be a, it might be a meaningless game because like i said the predators get two wins if they go out and beat tampa Bay and minnesota they pretty much clinch the division so the last three uh you know they you know they might you know not really need um so any you know that leads us into next week's episode uh episode 11 yeah the only exciting thing is we'll have uh you know we're, we're planning More. A, a live playoff preview show so uh, yeah. Wanna... yeah that's it's going to be stay tuned to our social media pages for more information and links and how how to join a live playoff uh show um and the times um but uh, we're shooting for may 1st um it's just the, the day before the playoffs so we'll, we'll just dive right into the playoffs it, it'll be a shorter shorter episode than normal obviously because it will be just dealing with the playoff matchups we say that every week and, that's all right uh, because i enjoy this show i enjoy you know chatting hockey it's one of my most favorite things to do in the world and again, it's a, it's the greatest sport ever played. And I know some people don't feel that way, but by golly, I do. And I love talking about hockey. So yeah, definitely tune in. We'll have, you know, as much information as we can share and it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun episode. So definitely, definitely keep an eye out for the link and feel free to log in, ask and questions don't... and maybe we'll even let you on the show. 
and Do don't forget and don't forget to take a listen to the entire uh Tom Callahan interview that'll be on social media, uh Facebook and Twitter. Um you can get a link to that. Um Yeah, we'll we'll put that in our you know on our social media. Uh but also for those of you again, you know, we had the opportunity to talk with Tom Callahan, former play by play for the, the Predators. Um, but he's also the host and producer of the Talking Puck TV, which airs every live every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. It's on YouTube and Facebook Live. Um, but you can also catch it on the Talking Puck podcast. You know, Tom, along with his co- his co-host and also a veteran NHL voice himself, Mike Haynes from the Colorado Avalanche, um, they break down what's going on in and around the, the world of hockey. Obviously, they're more established. They've got a lot more news. Definitely a great podcast. To, to listen to uh, follow Tom on, on Twitter, always putting out phenomenal content. And he is at Callahan C A L L A H A N on air at Callahan on air. You won't be disappointed. Definitely subscribe to him, follow him and check out the podcast. But I think that about wraps it up, right? D law. Yep. That's all I got. The 10th episode in the books, and it went pretty well. I hope the fans liked it as much as I did. See you, Smashville. Good night, Hockey Town. Go beer on a Friday night.